What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome. Boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Time Out with. Uh, I already messed up. Fuck, I got it. What the fuck am I on? What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome back to yet another episode of Time Out with Tony, your host. Tony, you gotta love, I can't tell you how much I love this fucking mic quality, it's so, <clears throat> now I know you guys are a bit confused, you know, some episodes are coming out in good quality and some are just kind of, <clears throat> but truth is, I am Iron Man, uh, but truth is, I actually got this mic about a few days ago from my perspective, I'm shooting this halfway through April. And uh, a lot of the episodes that I released throughout this month were recorded at the beginning of the month. Uh, they were recorded during my spring break week. Um, so basically, last days of March, early days of April. And I didn't get this mic until, I'd say, the third week of April, somewhere around there. So, yeah, the uh, a few episodes I was still able to record with my old mic. and. Um, I am pretty sure this is probably, um, the episode after this will probably be, uh, an episode with the crappy mic quality still. I think, I'm not really sure how I've, um, how my episodes are planned, but for sure, uh, some of the episodes for last week, they were kind of, eh. And, but, yeah, no, I think the next episode will be the final episode I record with my crappy mic. I'm not sure yet. Most likely. Who knows? But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we're back at it again. Your host, Tony. Before we get into today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, I want to take a quick minute and thank you guys so much for the support. It means a lot, really, so let's keep it up. Spread the word. Tell everybody you know. And all that kind of junk. In terms of announcements, still nothing special. But most likely for the month of May, we may have something coming up may have something coming up but you know nothing is confirmed so yeah we'll just leave it at that but anyways ladies and gentlemen today we're going to be reviewing the first season of what i consider to be one of the coolest new tv shows out there and that ladies and gentlemen is the boys oh yeah you know that one show on amazon prime that you see ads about everywhere but for some reason yeah uh you haven't bothered to watch it because you don't have an Amazon subscription, Amazon Prime subscription. Yeah, me too. Uh, it was like that. Oh shit! It was like that until I'd say I don't know about a month ago when my brother got his Prime subscription. So I'm like finding out episodes, and I'm like, "Yo, hey, I could totally watch this show and review it." Uh, uh. Uh, I'm having too much fun with this. I can actually hear my own voice. I'm sorry. But, yeah, I thought, why not give it a review? So, about two days ago, I started watching it. And it's only eight episodes, but the episode's, like, probably, like, an hour long or something like that. And I was just amazed by this show, really. Um, I found it to be really funny and, at the same time, kind of disturbing, but mostly funny. Uh, a lot of the scenes, the acting, wow, it was, it's a great show, really. 
not intended for kids, of course, but um, if you're an adult looking for something new, something exciting, I definitely recommend this one. So, yeah, that's that. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into our review. Sit back, relax, and crack open a beer soda and or water with the uh, <laughs> boys, because this is The Boys. Alright, so for those of you new to the podcast, here's how the situation goes. First off, we go a bit of into a premise, take a look at the characters, the premise, recap the first season, uh, rate the first season, and go a little bit behind the scenes, and should be a jolly time. Uh, so for those of you that do not know, let me just move my mic a little bit. Okay, cool. So for those of you that don't know, The Boys is an American satirical superhero streaming television series developed by Eric Kripke for Prime Video. It is based on the comic book of the same name by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson, which was originally published for DC Comics under their Wildstorm imprint before moving to Dynamite Entertainment. It follows the eponymous team of vigilantes as they combat superpowered individuals who abuse their abilities. The series stars an ensemble cast that includes Carl Urban, Jack Quaid, Laz Alonzo, Tomer Cabon, and Karen Fukuhara as the titular vigilantes. Meanwhile, on the other side, we got Anthony Starr, Aaron Moriarty, Mor- Moriarty, sorry, Moriarty, Dominique McElligott, Mc- Chase Crawford, Jesse T. Usher, and Nathan Mitchell as members of the Seven, an official superhero group run by the conglomerate Vote International. The series first premiered on July 26, 2019. The series received critical acclaim for its writing, uh, storyline, humor, performances, and the cast, particularly those performances by Carl Urban and Anthony Starr. Ahead of the premiere, Amazon renewed The Boys for a second season, which premiered on September 4th, 2020. A third season has been ordered, and even spin-off series are in development, so we'll keep an eye out for that one, boys. Now, the premise is like this. The Boys is set in a universe where superpowered individuals are recognized as superheroes by the general public and work for the powerful corporation known as Vote International. They market them and they monetize them. Now, what does that remind me of? Anyways, outside of their heroic personas, a lot of them are completely arrogant and corrupt dickwads. The series primarily focuses on two groups, the Seven, Bo's premier superhero team, and the Eponymous. Eponymous uh, boys, vigilantes, looking to bring down Vote and its corrupt superheroes. Now, the boys are led by Billy Butcher, a man who despises all superpowered people, and the seven are led by the narcissistic and completely violent Homelander. At the start of the series, the boys are joined by Huey Campbell after a member of the seven accidentally kills his girlfriend. Completely fucking brutal. One minute they're like, no, I love you so much. And then the next minute, fucking some guy just runs right through her and like there's blood, guts, and body parts all over the fucking place. I'm like, that poor woman. Anyways, um, <laughs> anyways, uh, after Huey joins the boys, 
The seven are joined by Annie January, a young and hopeful heroine forced to face the truth about those that she admires. Other members of the seven include the delusion queen Maeve, a drug-addicted A-Train, the insecure The Deep, the mysterious Black Noir, and a white supremacist called Stormfront. The boys are rounded out by tactical planner Mother's Milk. Yes, that's his actual name, Mother's Milk, a big brolic black dude named Mother's Milk. Alongside them, they got weapons, uh, weapons specialist Frenchie, wee wee, and superpower test subject Kimiko. Overseeing the seven vote is executive Madeline Stilwell, who is later succeeded by her publicist Ashley Barrett. The first season depicts the initial conflict between the boys and the seven, which is motivated by Butcher believing Homelander caused his wife Becca's disappearance. While Homelander and Stillwell conspire to receive government support for the superheroes, the boys attempt to stop them by uncovering both secrets. Initially unaware of each other's affiliations, Huey and Annie muddle the conflict when they enter a romantic relationship despite Billy's distrust of her and, well, kind of leads to them internal conflict. Now, let's take a look at our characters. First up, Carl Urban as William Butcher, or as everyone calls him, Billy, he's the leader of the boys and a former SAS operator who distrusts all individuals with superpowers. He has a particular hatred towards Homelander, who he believes is responsible for the disappearance of his wife. Next up, we got Jack Quaid as Hugh Campbell Jr., or as everyone calls him, Huey. He's a civilian member of the boys who joins after his girlfriend Robin gets killed by A-Train. Next up, we got Anthony Starr as John, or as they call him by his super name, superhero name, Homelander. He's extremely He's the extremely powerful leader of the Seventh, and beneath his public image as a noble hero, he is a narcissistic, sadistic, and cares very little about the well-being of those he professes to protect. Ouch. Next up, Erin Moriarty as Annie January, aka Starlight. She's a devout Christian, light-emitting superhero, and member of the Seven, one of the very few superpowered individuals sincere in helping the public. She questioned her loyalty to the Seven after learning their true character. Next up, Dominique McElligot as Maggie Shaw, a.k.a. Queen Maeve, a veteran member of the Seven with enhanced physical strength and durability. Although she once wanted to protect innocent lives, she became delusioned and suffers from burnout. She's, I guess, based on Wonder Woman. Next up, Jesse T. Usher as Reggie Franklin, a.k.a. The A-Train. He's a speedster member of the Seven and is determined to maintain his status as the fastest man alive, which results in him becoming addicted to a substance known as Compound V. Next up, Laz Alonzo as Marvin T. Milk, aka Mother's Milk. He's a member of the boys who's responsible for organizing and planning their operations. He, is, he was formerly a medic in the U.S. Army Corps and is motivated by his attorney father working himself to death while attempting to bring down Vogue. Next up, Chase Crawford as Kevin Moskowitz, a.k.a. The Deep. He's a member of the Seven who possesses the ability to communicate with aquatic life and breathe underwater. Unfortunately, he's looked upon by the other members of the Seven due to his status as the token aquatic hero. So, basically, he's Aquaman, but for some reason, everyone treats him like shit. So, I guess that's that. Anyways... Next up, Tomer Capon as Serge, a.k.a. Frenchie. He's a member of the boys and an international arms trafficker who's skilled in ammunition, ordnance, infiltration, and communications. After being coerced into joining to protect his criminal friends, he seeks redemption for his past crimes while battling vote. Next up, Karen Fukuhara as Kimiko Miyashiro. 
aka the female. She's a mute member of the boys with enhanced strength and regenerative healing who speaks through sign language. She was involuntarily injected with a substance known as Compound V as part of a scheme to create superpower terrorists. She joins the boys after they rescue her. Next up, Nathan Mitchell as the Black Noir. He's a silent member of the Seven who possesses superhuman strength and the agility and for some reason uh, conceals his physical appearance behind a dark costume. Next up, Elizabeth Shue as Madeline Stilwell. She's his charismatic scheming vice president who later becomes Stilwell. I mean, sorry, she's this scheming vice president of hero management at Vote International. And, well, that's pretty much our characters for this first season. Of course, we got, you know, some recurring characters, but we'll get into them when the time comes. All right, so seven minutes into this shit, and I haven't even started the recap. Okay, sorry, guys. Let's get into it. So our story opens up on Huey Campbell, who is suffering from mental trauma after the death of his girlfriend, Robin, who was killed in a high-velocity impact with celebrity superhero A-Train. It was really disgusting, really sad. Anyways, the lawyers offer a $45,000 settlement, which Huey hesitates to accept. Aspiring superhero Annie January auditions as Starlight and is accepted to join the group, uh, the superhero group, Seven following Lamplighter's retirement. Arriving at the Seven's headquarters, she is greeted by The Deep, who then blackmails her into, well, just sucking his dick, pretty much. Meanwhile, vigilante Billy Butcher offers Huey a chance to expose superhero corruption, taking him to a secret soups club to show him security footage of Atrian laughing about the death of Robin. Butcher asks Huey to take the settlement money and to secretly place a bug at the Seventh Tower. Huey initially refuses, but while in Central Park, Annie meets Huey by happenstance, and they motivate each other to stand up for themselves and face their challenges. Huey plants the bug, but Translucent discovers it and pretty much confronts him. Now, Translucent is a superhero can pretty much turn invisible. We'll just leave it at that. Anyways, Butcher arrives and helps Huey incapacitate Translucent. Meanwhile, Homelander destroys the mayor of Baltimore's plane while in flight, killing all of the passengers in response to the major mayor's attempt to blackmail vote. Butcher and Huey take Translucent to their former partner, Frenchie, who makes a metal bullet to pierce the hero diamond the hero's diamond hard skin but it fails to kill him butcher then turns to a cia department director buddy susan rayner who for some reason refuses to give him these files known as the mallory files we don't know what they are anyways meanwhile vote vp madeline stillwell tells homelander about evidence deep found a Son of a bitch, about evidence deep found incriminating him for the plane crash so she handles it while he talks to deep while working with the Deep, Starlight promises to kill him if he tries to ever sexually assault her again. Meanwhile, Stillwell uses a shape-shifting soup doppelganger to blackmail a senator into allowing a vote that would enable vote to contract superheroes to the military. Annie stops a rape, unaware that she is being recorded, and her agent Ashley reprimands her for potentially causing negative exposure and legal implications. Meanwhile, Homelander searches for Translucent, and Frenchie decides to place C4 explosives in Translucent's colon. How, you may ask? Well, he basically shoves a piece of plastic up his ass. Anyways, 
He fearfully reveals that A-Train was with his girlfriend Popclaw before he killed Robin. The boys then learn that Homelander is nearby and they cannot risk killing Translucent with an explosion. Meanwhile, Frenchie and the Butcher create a distraction elsewhere with another explosion. Translucent escapes his cage and convinces Huey to let him go. However, Huey changes his mind and fucking beep beep wapa! Anyways, Huey moves out after telling his father how he truly feels. Starlight gains positive publicity for stopping the rape, but subsequently learns that Stilwell wants her to wear a revealing costume. Reveals her ass, cheeks, part of her boobs. It's really revealing. She declines, but Stilwell forces her to do it, so lest she lose her job. Butcher brings in his former friend, Mother's Milk, to run surveillance on Pop Club by having Huey install spyware on her computer. And they learn that A-Train t- is taking a drug called Compound V. Oh, this is where it comes in. Oh, yeah. Butcher wants to expose them before soups can be allowed into the United States Armed Forces, but requires a vial of Compound V from A-Train's upcoming race with another speedster, Shockwave. Beforehand, Huey meets Annie and invites her to lunch where they open up to each other. While A-Train secretly uses Compound V to win and publicly announces he is, uh, sorry, uses the Compound V to win and publicly announces he is single, breaking his promise to Popclaw to announce their relationship. With M.M., Mother's Milk, Tatoozing Popclaw swipes some vials. The boys find her heartbroken, high, and in the midst of killing her landlord during hypercharged sex. It was really disgusting, too. They were, like, role-playing. The landlord was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a criminal, and I've just stolen something. I hope nothing happens to me. Popclaw shows her. She's like, watch out. Oh, you're a criminal. I guess I'm as fun as you. Mm-hmm. So she sits on his face, and his, I, I, I like just sits on his face, like puts, puts her ass right on his face. And she's like, oh, yeah, just like that, just like that. And whatever, he crashes. She crushes his fucking skull, brains everywhere. And she's like, what the fuck did I just do? What the fuck did I just do? Anyways, Butcher uses this to blackmail Popclaw as an informant at headquarters. Homelander presents Translucent's remains to Stillwell along with Butcher's message, which says, coming for you. Following Popclaw's tip, the boys find a triad hideout holding an imprisoned Japanese woman they call the female. Frenchie frees her, and she ends up killing the guards before running off. It's kind of funny because she she attacks two. There's three guards. She attacks both of them. She's like she's like the worker, the worker. She's she's like she's sticking her hand right inside the gut. She's like oh sorry, starting turning their guts out. And the the, the third bodyguard, she's like the p- third bodyguard. He's like yeah no fuck that. And he points the gun at himself. Like yeah watch this fuck this bang. Anyways, where was I? Where was I? Uh, Alright, so she runs off, and Muzzy Milk finds evidence that she was a test subject. Huey goes bowling with Starlight, bunking her phone at Butcher's request, and with her compound V-supply compromised, A-Train has Popclaw go into hiding while he searches for the female. Stillwell sends Homelander and Queen Maeve to save a hijacked airliner, but after he accidentally destroys a fucking control panel, Homelander abandons the plane and its passengers, forcing Maeve to leave with him before she can rescue them. It's kind of sad, really. This kid and her mommy, this girl and her mommy, they're like, Mommy, why aren't they saving us? I mean, it's okay, boy, honey. It's all going to be okay. She's like hugging her. Like, it's going to be all okay. And boom, they fucking explode and all die. It's kind of sad, really. Fuck you, Homelander. Anyways. Uh, all right. 
After the female kills a woman associated with her captors, Frenchie tracks her to Penn Station and makes a momentary connection with her before losing her into the crowd. Just as A-Train arrives and tries to kill her, but Frenchie attracts a crowd to distract A-Train and allows the female to escape. The boys corner her, but she attacks him before Butcher uses the knockout gas. Stillwell is pleased to see Homelander use the airliner tragedy to push for militarized suits, rousing the crowd with a speech. Oh well, my Eve agrees for those she and Homelander are allowed to die. While I have to believe Expo, Starlight is quietly directed to push Vo's agenda while Butcher has Huey use Starlight to meet Ezekiel. He's one of the superheroes who is a homophobe uh, conservative Christian, but actually is actually a homo. It's kind of funny because, uh, well, it's not really funny, but at the first at the beginning of the episode, this guy, Ezekiel, he has like stretchy, stretchy superpowers. And he wraps them around guys and he starts jerking them off. It's really disgusting, but I I, I didn't find it funny. <laughs> I didn't find it funny. I, I, I honestly, honestly, God, I didn't find it funny. I just I'm just like, what the fuck is he doing? Anyways, um, I'm going way into that, but this review, Jesus fuck. Anyways, it's fucking hilarious. Uh, what was I saying? Alright, feeling guilty for letting the airliner crash, Maeve visits her ex-girlfriend Elena, but leaves before explaining herself fully. Butcher talks with his sister-in-law, Rachel, over putting a tombstone uh, to his wife, Becca. After Atrian kills Popclaw for betraying him, he returns to her apartment and finds surveillance footage of Frenchie. Oof. Once Ezekiel is alone, Huey extorts him for information about Compound V, while Homelander rallies a crowd with an impromptu hardline speech. Starlight breaks script to speak candidly on Christianity, her sexual assault, and the compromises she made for her corporate employer. Huey later sympathizes with her, telling, about, telling her about Robin's death and the toll it took on him. In a hospital, Butcher and M.M. discover Vo is using the compound V on infants to manufacture soups in years in advance. Frenchie discovers Black Noir is looking for him, and in an attempt to escape, he is told to leave the female behind, but he releases her out of sympathy. She seemingly dies, protecting him from Black Noir, but her wounds immediately healed because she's a soup. Now informed, the boys know Vaught has used super charities to smuggle Compound V disguised as vaccines to make super babies since the year 1971. With the publicist Ashley fired, Stillwell demands Annie comply with her designed image, but she refuses, remarking that firing her after reporting a sexual assault could hurt Vaught's, I mean, Vaught's image. Aware that it was deep, Stillwell has him publicly apologize and transfers him to Sandusky, Ohio for a sabbatical. Butcher brings Huey to a superhuman survivor support group, but leaves after yelling at them for doing nothing to get justice. Butcher tells Huey, <clears throat> pardon me. Butcher tell, later tells Huey that Homelander raped his wife, who went shortly missing afterwards. Frenchie and MM get help from telepath Mesmer to see into the female's mind. Learning her name is actually Kimiko, and that she was kidnapped by the Shining Light Liberation Army terrorist group. They also learn that Vo is making Compound V boost the terrorists to push their agenda for militarizing suits. Butcher tells Rainer, but when she refuses to target Homelander, he calls off the deal instead. Mesmer gives Homelander surveillance photos of the boys, and Butcher finds out about Huey and Annie, warning him not to fraternize with the enemy and threatening to tell her about Translucent. Huey 
ignores it and decides to take Annie to a hotel and have sex, unaware that Butcher is following them. A depressed deep finds his transfer to Sandusky door and gets sexually assaulted by Fangirl. Well, not sexually assaulted as in like she takes out a strap on, she's like, bend over, boy. No, I'm talking like she sticks his, her fingers inside his gills. I guess that's sexual assault. I don't know, but... Mm. Holding a meeting discussing Huey killing Translucent, extorting Ezekiel, and A-Train killing Robin, Homelander accuses Starlight of co-conspiracy, but Maeve defends her. When A-Train calls Huey, claiming he is holding his dad hostage, the boys deduce that Mesmer betrayed him, for which Butcher later murders him. Rip Mesmer. He was somewhat cool, I guess. Huey obtains Compound V to distract A-Train and allow Kimiko to cripple him. Homelander asks Vo. Scientist Dr. Jonah Vogelbaum about Becca, who informs him that she was pregnant with his child, but claims that they both died. <laughs> I forgot it up. <laughs> they all say. Questioning the revelation's timing, Vogelbaum expresses regret in raising him in a lab, calling Homelander his greatest failure. Butcher asks Rainer to protect Huey and MM's family in exchange for evidence. As Rainer charges Stillwell and Vo, she learns that the superhuman terrorist known as Nakiba is on the loose. Basically, superhuman terrorist blows up. And he confronts Huey, who explains Vo's use of Compound V before Butcher arrives to Expo and he shoots her. Accordingly, she lives, but like she's bulletproof and all, but like she fucking shoots her. Like she just goes flying. She's like bang, and she's like boom. It's kind of wow. Okay. Anyways, the Pentagon classifies Compound V as a controlled substance, and the boys. As fugitives, while Annie confronts her mother, angry at being racially profiled while out of costume and injured, A-Train relapses with Compound V. Butcher takes Huey to Colonel Grace Mallory, who refuses participation, but informs him about Homelander's connection to Stillwell and warns Huey and Butcher's desire for vengeance. The Deep learns Stillwell has denied his return. And to the seven, and he pretty much suffers an emotional breakdown. He shaves his head, he goes through a face, and it's kind of. Anyways, Huey, Lee, uh, Huey leaves to ask for Annie's help, but she refuses out of distrust. After seeing her old self reflected in her, Maeve opens up to Starlight and asking her to be herself. Homelander confesses to Stillwell that he secretly made the super terrorists, and they fuck. At a Blackwell site, Huey helps Frenchy and M.M. free Kimiko before Starlight rescues him. A-Train arrives and briefly fights Starlight until he has a fucking heart attack. Huey applies CPR, but Starlight takes over so he can escape. Butcher takes Stillwell hostage and fits her with explosives to bait Homelander, who, after revealing he tortured Vogelbaum for the truth about Becca, kills Stillwell himself. It's really kind of, really kind of weird, you know? She, she gives it a kiss, she's like, he looks at her in the eye, he's like, I trust you now. And then he uses his laser eyes just to like fucking burn her eyes, burn her entire face out. It's kind of really disgusting. Uh, but yeah, that that kind of happens. Um uh Butcher is like, oh well, and he fucking detonates the explosives, but Homelander saves him and reveals to him that Becca has been actually hidden away to raise Homelander's son, and that my friends is the boys season one. Now, on a scale of 1 to 10, I give the boys a...
a 9 out of 10. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I got to give it a 9 out of 10. And here's why. First things first, the reason why I didn't give it a complete 10 out of 10 when it's a really good show would be because a lot of the plot holes are kind of confusing. A lot of the things are left unexplained and kind of for the viewer to pick up. And there were a few things that I really didn't pay attention, pay attention to. Uh, very little small details that I personally found confusing. And when then when they were brought up in later scenes, I was like, what the fuck is this? What's the point of it? Why? What the fuck, basically? And I couldn't really understand what the point of it was until I had to go back and just research it, look it up, read descriptions of the episodes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, now, personally, I don't mind reading, doing research on the internet, stuff like that. But the fact that I'm having to do it for, for a TV show, for something like this, I found it kind of a bit annoying. Not only that, but my brother was in the room, and I just fucking... I was just annoyed. <laughs> but, it, but yeah, no. A few details are left unexplained, and for the viewer to, you know, pair up and all that kind of stuff. Um... What else? What else? What else? A bit of the acting is a bit um kind of off for starters. Uh, I'm not gonna say that you know what? What's the guy's name? Uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who plays as Huey, Jack Quaid. That's his name, Jack Quaid. Yeah. Now I'm not gonna say that you know Jack Quaid is. A horrible actor, but just the character, really. If I'm gonna be honest, um, uh, the character himself is—it's—it's it's just a bit. What's the word? It's a bit off. It's a bit kind of stupid. It just—it just makes him look kind of stupid. You know what I'm saying? Whenever they tell him to be, you know, be cool and and get through this and and uh, go undercover and. Add an imprint. He does it so badly, like it's obvious. And if, frankly, if I was one of the guys on the other side, the set one of the seven, I would have noticed what this guy was was up to. It's just fucking stupid. You could see it in his face that he's nervous. So it's obvious that he's gonna pull something extremely stupid. So, oh, it's ice cream. Okay, sorry. But no, it was just completely stupid. It looked obvious. And frankly, I hate it when TV shows do this kind of stuff. And they're like, okay, we're going to send you in undercover. All you got to do is be cool, cool as a cucumber, right? And they go in, they're cool as a cucumber. And you could obviously see, you know, they shit. They have this, I shit my pants look. I'm guilty. Fucking kill me already. But all of a sudden the, the 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 villain is too stupid to notice that he's one of the good guys and he has a i shit my pants look on my face and well that I, I that's pretty that's just fake man if i did that in real life i would have been dead within seconds i hate whenever tv shows do these kind of pull these kind of sh pull this kind of shit man like it's obvious you're fucking lying we know you're fucking lying you don't gotta add show it like 24 7 bro you gotta be watch watch out cool as a cucumber that's a helicopter. But, yeah. I found that to be really stupid. Now, the reason why I gave it a 10 out, 9 out of 10, sorry, would have to be just the the storyline, for starters. The storyline, very great. You know, they're trying to expose this group of superpower, uh, superpower corrupt heroes. 
everybody looks up to them. Everybody thinks they're all that. The public likes them. The government likes them. Ooh, everything is great, right? Nah, fam. They're fucking psychos. They kill people. They they're corrupt. They laugh at the mistakes that they make, which cause which which uh which end up in fatalities innocent lives are lost like that whole plane incident robin dying that's a good storyline man they be everybody thinks that they're just so perfect and all this kind of stuff but really on the inside they're nothing they're just a bunch of shit-faced corrupt ass wipes and it's great perfect i love that kind of narrative you know where the guy is playing like where the where the villains are playing a two-face like everybody likes him but on the deep inside they're really fucking evil and i i like that not only that, the setting up for the season finale, the final episode of the first season, setting up for it, great as well. That was great as well. Uh, it was sort of not ex. Well, yeah, it was un a bit unexpected that ending, killing Stillwell, and uh, showing us that Becca's still alive and she has a kid with Homelander. It's like what the fuck? Um, it's a bit surprising. But yeah, no, that was a great setup, great climax, climax, um, acting as well, uh, performances by Carl Urban and Anthony Starr. That's his, that's the guy's name. Uh, what's the guy's name? Um, yeah, Anthony Starr playing as a narcissistic, sadistic little bitch. That's really good. That's a good uh, acting, if I do say so myself. And frankly, when I was watching it, it gave me John Walker vibes. You know, guys, you guys know who John Walker is, right? The new Captain America. He gave me John Walker vibes. The minute I saw him, like, I mean, yeah, sure. I'd seen the guy on posters promoting the series and all that stuff. And I just assumed that he was part of the uh, the good guys. But once I started watching the show and I'm like, yeah, this guy's a fucking sadistic bastard. Something wasn't always right with him. I always felt it. I just thought he was one of the good guys, but he was a bit uh, off. Or maybe he was the main character and the story follows him in his uh, quest to deceive people. But never in a million years I would have thought he was be, he would be taking on a role like this. I thought it was perfect. It was good. Not only that, but the chemistry that a lot of the characters present, especially in the boys, the chemistry between Frenchie and Kimiko, uh, really, it's one that's a bit heartwarming, and one that I look forward to looking at in the second and third season. Because as of right now, I still haven't watched the second season. I barely finished the first season last night. Uh, I intend on starting it, starting the second season later in the day. But uh, I really enjoy uh looking forward to their relationship not only that but mother's milk uh just the chemistry between the boys it's really cool to see a group come together like this and do shit like this it's uh entertaining at the most um very fun to look at if you know what i'm saying it's like something you want to be a part of it's it, it i'll just leave it at that let's go let's go um next thing i want to praise these guys for would be the humor <laughs> that shit was fucking great a lot of it was great the part where they um it was like what was i gonna say uh a lot of the humor 
plot lines that are brought into here are fucking hilarious. Um, not much to say about it, you know. I really don't have much to say about it, but it was great. Um, another thing I want to praise him for would have to be the not this what what's up, the the effects, the CGI, the fact that they make it look all gory, the blood, the body parts, all that kind of shit. The fact that they make it look so not so real, but like somewhat kind of real. It's it's um it's good. It's fun to look at. Uh, and what and something that you want to praise people for. It's it's cool. So I gotta praise him for that, and that just about concludes it, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, let's take a little bit of a look behind the scenes. So, between the years 2008 and 2016, a film adaptation of the boys have been in various stages of development at both Columbia Pictures and Paramount Pictures. But on April 6th, 2016, it was announced that Cinemax was developing a television series adaptation of the comic book instead. Pardon me. The production was developed by Eric Kripp, Evan Goldberg, and Seth Rogen. Kripp was set to write the series, while Goldberg and Rogen were set to direct. Executive producers were reported to include Kripp, Goldberg, Rogen, Neil H. Mortiz, Poen Shetty, Ori Marmor, James Weaver, Ken Levin, and Jason Netter. Garth Ennis and Derek Robinson were set as executive co-producers. Uh, production companies involved with the series included Point Grey Pictures, Original Film, and Sony Pictures Television. On November 8th, 2017, it was announced that Amazon Video was given the production series, uh, pr the production a series order for a first season consisting of eight episodes. The series had reportedly been in development at Amazon for a number of months preceding the series order announcement. It was also reported that the previously announced creative team was still uh, attached to the series. Crip wanted to retain a sense of reality to the show and to keep the writers disciplined decided quote anything that comes out of this drug is viable and anything that doesn't we're not allowed to do end quote he did not want to fall into the overused convention of killing off female characters to motivate the superheroes and so saw an opportunity to surprise the readers of the comics by changing the story of butcher's wife becky on april 30th 2018 it was announced that dan trachenberg would direct the series' first episode. He replaces Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. Ahead of the series' premiere on July 19, 2019, it was announced that Amazon had renewed the series for a second season. The eight scripts for the second season were completed by November of 2019. Ahead of the second season premiere on July 23, 2020, Amazon renewed it for yet another third season at the after show hosted by Aisha Taylor for San Diego Comic-Con at home. The third season began filming in early 2021 with an unknown release date, most likely probably Christmas. Anyways, on December 18, 2017, it was announced that Aaron Moriarty had been cast in the lead role of Annie January, aka Starlight. On January 17, 2018, it was reported that Anthony Starr, Dominique McElgott, Chase Crawford, Jesse Usher, and Nathan Mitchell had joined the main cast. In March of 2018, it was also announced that Laz Alonso, Jack Quaid, and Karen Fukuhara had been cast as series regulars as well. On April 5th, 2018, it was reported that Carl Urban had been cast in the series lead role of Billy Butcher. On May 16th, 2018, it was also reported that Elizabeth Shue had been cast as a series regular in the role of Madeline Stilwell. On June 25th, 2018, it was reported that Tomar Capon had joined the, role, uh, joined the main cast in the role of Frenchie. Wait, 
uh, on August 30th, 2018, it was also announced that Jennifer Esposito had been announced, had been, sorry, cast in the recurring role of CIA agent Susan Rayner. On October 5th, 2018, it was also announced that uh, at the annual New York Comic Con that Simon Pegg had been cast in the role of Huey's father. According to the artist Robertson, Huey was drawn in the comics to resemble Pegg after he saw Pegg in the sitcom Spaced, but Pegg thought he was too old to play the role of Huey in the TV series, so instead they put him as his dad, which is cool. On uh, September 5th, 2019, Goran... Vi- I, I can't pronounce this guy's name. Vicinyich... Uh, vi- 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 I'm so I'm so sorry, but anyways, these guys were cast as recurring roles in the second season. Uh, we'll we'll just leave that. The rest of the characters were promoted for later seasons. Seasons we are yet to review. So yeah. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, the first season holds a approval rating of eighty four percent based on a hundred and one reviews, with an average rating of seven point six five out of ten. The website's critical consensus reads, "Quote: Though viewers' mileage may vary, the boys' violent delights and willingness to engage in heavy, relevant themes are sure to please those who are looking for a new group of antiheroes to root for." End quote. On Metacritic, it has a weighted average of seventy four out of hundred, based on nineteen critics, indicating generally favorable reviews. And, uh, well, they got nominated for a few awards, Critics' Choice Awards, Saturn Awards, but that's all for, like, the second season. It's none of that, uh, none of, none of that is, uh, for the first season. Uh, or at least I haven't been able to find any. Now, spinoffs. On September 24th, 2020, it was announced that a spinoff centered on a superhero college has been fast-tracked into development upon the rating success of the series' second season. Described as being part college show, part Hunger Games, the spinoff series is to be set at America's only college exclusively for young adult superheroes, and guess what? It's run by Vote International. The spinoff is described as an irrelevant R-rated series that explores the life of normal hormonal competitive soups. As they put their physical, sexual, and moral boundaries to the test, competing for best contracts in the best cities. On October 2nd, 2020, Crypt stated that the series would focus on the G-Men team from the comic series mentioned in the first team in the first season, sorry. And well, they're basically a parody of the X-Men. In March of 2021, Lizzie Broadway, Jason Clare, Shane Paul McGee, Amy Carrero, and Maddie Phillips were cast to star. Now this may be a bit disturbing, but the day after Crip made that announcement, he stated that there is an in-universe pornographic superhero film seen briefly glimpsed in the second season. The Boys episode, Butcher Baker Candlestick Maker, had been produced in full, expressing interest in releasing them under the name Superporn to the website of the name registered to Sony Pictures as well as formally requesting Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, and Anthony Starr, and other followers on his Twitter page to join him in petitioning Prime Video and Amazon Studios to allow the potential web series to be uh, uploaded. Uh, so, in other words, maybe getting a porno of your favorite um, characters. What is this world come to? But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that's pretty much where the boys ends. Well, for this part, anyways. Overall, I just thought it was a new hit of fresh air. 
uh personally i had no interest in the show before this uh i only added it to my list because i needed ideas to review so i thought you know what why not explore new shit and so here we are i'm exploring this uh i'm glad i looked it up i started watching it it's really fun to watch uh you get very invested into the story of these characters what they're doing their objectives all that kind of stuff uh, you have favorites, and you got the least favorites, and then there's the ones you don't give a shit about. Uh, but anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I recommend watching it, not in front of your parents, of course. Uh, there are, you know, nude scenes, boobs, all that kind of shit, gory shit as well. Uh, no appropriate language, of course. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. So, yeah. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for the support. It means a lot, really. So keep spreading it. Tell everybody around and all that kind of stuff. And before we go, actually, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it, folks. Thank you guys all so much for listening. It means a lot. And don't forget, stay hydrated. Drink some water. Do some exercise. Eat healthy. Take care of yourself. Uh, Take walks. Just go outside. Let that fresh breath of air hit you, whether it be taking out the trash, walking the dog, getting the mail. Just get some fresh air, man. Please. Uh, Stay on top of your shit. You know, pass some classes. Work towards that promotion. Whatever the fuck you're doing. And uh, keep your head up. Uh, Once again, stay safe, most of all. Uh, As you can see, about... I'd say a few days ago, uh, from when I'm recording this, it recently happened, but a few days ago, as you could see, there was an unfortunate incident, uh, involving somewhat innocent black man, they shot him, and it's just really a tragedy to see these cops not know the fucking difference between a Glock and a fucking taser, um, or at least that's what they say, I don't, I don't fucking know, I wasn't there. But, yeah, no, stay safe, folks. Uh, Keep your head up. Stay cool, calm, and collected. Cool as a cucumber. And, yeah, just pretty much it, folks. Thank you guys all so much for watching. Stay safe, don't drink and drive, and I'll catch you all in the next one. See ya.